Sign up for Cover 5, a free-to-play sports game that will change the way you view the tournament. Join Cover 5 Madness for free at Cover5.com and the Cover 5 app. The high score each day will win $1,000 through Sunday, March 20th games. Use promo code CHICAGO. White Sox Weekly, your all-access pass to everything White Sox. That baby will go! Lance Lynn with an absolute gem. Deep array! It is gone! It's a no-hitter! Carlos Rodon! What a performance! Now here's your host, Connor McKnight. What is up and welcome in to White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000. I'm Connor McKnight and Sox fans, new opening day tickets are on sale now. Make sure you're here on April 12th at 3.10 p.m. to watch your White Sox take on the Seattle Mariners. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com or call 312-674-1000. The Cactus League schedule is underway the White Sox won both of their split squad games, one against the Cubs and the other against the Cubs. That's how split squads work. Sometimes you send both teams to play the other guys. Uh, 2-0, and I guess, to start the Cactus League. But that's really not the results of this uh, spring training season. I mean, they're never all that important. But really, more than ever, it's stay healthy. And now, an added wrinkle into spring training baseball is, where is everybody playing? We've seen a bunch of news just over the last 48 hours that concerns the White Sox that is going to change how the American League Central is going to stack up as we start this season in just a couple of weeks. Here's the question to you, and if you're just waking up to the news, you're a lot like me about two hours ago. I went to bed, I don't know, relatively early last night. I think Tyler Aki, our producer, and myself were in the same boat. I went to bed, and Carlos Correa was still a free agent. I woke up this morning and thought, oh boy, I better get to work because at about midnight, at one o'clock hour time, something like that, the news broke that Carlos Correa was going to sign with the Minnesota Twins. I went to bed thinking Correa was going to head to the Yankees or maybe back to the Astros, and there he is signing with a White Sox division rival, the Minnesota Twins, and making things very interesting. I did not see this come one coming, Tyler, and, and many, many did not. So are you a, when you wake up in the morning, are you a one-alarm guy? Do you have a couple sets? How depends does it, on, it you know, depends, depends on, on the, the morning. When okay. it's White Sox weekly on Saturday mornings, I just, I just, I rise out of bed. I gotcha. love it. I don't even need the alarm. I'm so excited to come here and do the show. I just kind of, I, I materialize here in the studio. So I've got a couple that go off. I've got my first one. Well, you're on getting a up a lot like earlier this. than yep. I am. I mean, you got the early morning shift. 435, 440. Usually I end up getting up by the time it's like 445. And the 4.30 alarm goes off. I look at my phone, and I'm like, oh, a little hazy. And then, boom, I see Carlos Correa has signed with the Twins. I didn't need the 4.35. I didn't need the 4.40. I didn't need the 4.45. You because the up. 4.30 and a Carlos Correa notification was enough for me. Yeah, so check it out. This is, a, this is a really interesting, very interesting move by the Minnesota Twins. Their offseason has been an interesting one. And I... I think I could sum it up in a couple of different ways, um, but the best might just be to tell you that Dan Hayes, who covers the Minnesota Twins for the Athletic, is going to be our guest right around 9.35. He's out there in Florida covering the squad. You know Dan Hayes. He used to cover the White Sox. He's one hell of a dude. Uh, so we're going to talk to him about 9.35 about what this means for the Twins, what it means for the White Sox, what it means for the division. 
but I thought it was, you know, listen, there are still some big name free agents out there. And I know White Sox fans are still looking for the Sox to make a next move, maybe even two next moves. I mean, championship seasons are championship seasons because you got a lot of depth and top tier talent. The White Sox certainly have a good deal of that. You can always have more. Here's the question to you as we get into what this signing for um, for the Minnesota Twins means for the White Sox, how they may or may not counter it, and what they already have on board to go ahead and fight off the Minnesota Twins and a, a plucky Tigers team that I think is interesting and a, a Royals team that you can't necessarily sleep on and a Guardians team that doesn't seem to employ any offensive players outside of Jose Ramirez. The Twins' contract to Correa is kind of a fascinating one. He's got opt-outs after the first and second year. He's going to get paid $35, $36 million per season, $35.1 million annually for Carlos Correa. That makes him one of the highest-paid players on a per-season value in the history of baseball. He's a top-three guy. It's pretty wild to see him not sign with a team named the Yankees or, or even the Astros returning to where he was. Uh, but to see the Twins get down on something like this. After what they've reshaped, too, you know, they trade Josh Donaldson over to the Yankees. Uh, they pick up Gary Sanchez in return. Uh, they have Sonny Gray now in the fold. And, and as I look at the Minnesota Twins, I still think that they're a little short, especially in the pitching department, to go catch up with the White Sox for what is, on paper, the best team in the American League Central, a team that's going to repeat or that's going to try and repeat in the, in the White Sox. But still, remember that this year is going to be different. We've got 12 teams heading for the playoffs. So what we've seen, whether it's the Rockies signing Chris Bryant to an almost inexplicable $182 million contract, or the Minnesota Twins grabbing Carlos Correa for what might be a couple of different reasons, we've seen more teams get in on this push to try and make the playoffs. Now, what it takes to make the playoffs with 12 teams getting in is a little bit less. They've lowered the bar just a little bit. That's the whole point of expanding the playoffs is that more teams can get in and you don't have to have 95 wins to get there necessarily. But maybe, just maybe, the Minnesota Twins can push themselves into playoff contention. If they can't, and I find this very interesting, uh, it's a Buster-only tweet that came out I, probably 3 in the morning, something like that, and he retweeted for all of us uh, who get up at reasonable times on Saturdays. Buster tweeted this. For the Twins, think of Correa and his signing as a way to buy prospects or major league talent down the road. If the 2022 season goes south for the Twins, they could flip Correa midseason, if he's healthy, to a contender in need of a shortstop in return for young talent. So... It looks like, from the industry's perspective, and whether it's Buster Olney or Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic, I've seen in a lot of different places this morning as I've woken up and and tried to catch up with what the division is trying to do to catch up with the White Sox. I've seen a lot of different people write that this move is made for now, no doubt about it. The Twins are pushing in on a chance to make the playoffs in 2022 and perhaps even fight the White Sox for an American League Central crown. But... If it doesn't go their way, if it is a, a, a repeat of the 2021 season for the Twins in which they've got a lot of offensive pi- firepower but not enough pitching to get them down the stretch or really even close. Last year, they were just such a horrible team last season. They just really underperformed despite the fact that that offense could be fun uh, for long stretches. 
and they've got some good young prospects. This is still a team that's going to try and be, I don't know, versatile, I guess, is the way to put it. It's a Minnesota Twins team that understands, well, we can push in, but maybe we can also take advantage of a marketplace uh, that's dragging its feet a little bit with the top free agent out there. So the White Sox are next, or are they? 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. I'm asking you, I I guess... Kind of a similar question that we've been asking since the lockout ended. And boys, it had been a crazy week and a half since that happened. But it's essentially this. Now that the Twins have kind of rearmed themselves by signing Carlos Correa and, you know, altering a, a different a number of different positions there. They've got Carlos Correa and Sonny Gray and Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez behind the plate. What do the White Sox need to do? Do the White Sox need to do anything to counter this move by the Minnesota Twins. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. You can also tweet us at ESPN White Sox. That's the Twitter handle for us. Find all sorts of fun information about the broadcasts on that Twitter handle. You know, stuff like our game today. The White Sox and Guardians. It's a 3.05 start. Len and DJ have the call right at 3 o'clock for you. It'll be right here on ESPN 1000. You want to tune in for that. You can also hit me at c one McKnight. Hearing a couple of different things from a couple of different people. Absolutely. Sign a bat. Doesn't matter where. Throw him into the lineup and see what happens. We've heard, and I was just down in Arizona. I I was uh, lucky enough to call the first game for the White Sox over on NBC Sports Chicago. Thanks to all the crew over there for having me. It was an absolute blast. I got to do my first TV game. It was fun. And we saw a couple of home runs hit. We're going to get to that in just a little bit uh, about what we saw in game one of spring training. But I, the things I heard down there, you know, just talking with people like you do, walking around Glendale, walking around the Westgate Mall area, all that kind of stuff. You, you, you learn and you kind of hear some similar names or at least some similar themes about what the White Sox may be looking for to add. And when Rick Hahn started his press conference uh, at the very beginning of the um, end of the lockout, it's kind of a weird phrase, the beginning of the end of the lockout. I guess that's a good phrase. You want the lockout to end. But he talked about the need for starting pitching depth. Pitching depth. I shouldn't just say starting pitching depth. And then we saw the White Sox go on to sign guys like Joe Kelly, um, more Vincent Velazquez, more arms that could handle what is going to be a very compressed schedule. I mean, you just look at April. I've mentioned this a couple of times on the show um, and during the game on Thursday. You look at the schedule in April and you think, my goodness, there are two off days once the season gets started in that month. You go to May, one, two, three, four off days in the entire month of May, and that's including, I want to make sure I count them correctly here, that's including a doubleheader against the Kansas City Royals right smack dab in the middle of that month. There's a lot of baseball to play, which means there's a lot more pressure on the arms in everybody's system. And I, I say system for a reason, too. We've seen for years now that you don't just get through the season with your one through five in the rotation, with your top six arms in the bullpen. It takes probably seven or eight starters to get through a year. It takes a lot more churn in the bullpen than we've seen before, and that's because of how pitchers are used, but also because of the pressure uh, that this season is going to put on pitching staffs. So I, I heard quite a bit down when I was in Arizona the last week that looking for pitching still could be something the White Sox are aiming to do. Now, that could have something to do with the pricing of that pitching, whether that's on the open marketplace, the free agent marketplace, or perhaps in trade. 
get to what the A's have been doing lately and what sorts of names in Frankie Montas or Shamanaya might be on the move. And, you know, shoot, could be on the move this morning. I've seen a couple of tweets uh, about a number of teams checking in on a team like Frankie Montas. Could be the Twins making a move like that. They are short in pitching, and that could be their next move if they really want to push all the way in, as if signing Carlos Correa to a big-time contract isn't pushing all the way in. It's a three-year, $105 million contract with opt-outs after the first and second, like I mentioned, 35.1 annually. This is the story in Major League Baseball right now. The Twins swooping in almost out of nowhere to sign Carlos Correa and make a push in the AL Central. Uh, when we come back, I, I want to get into the game yeah, Thursday, and we'll talk a little bit about what uh, might be coming for the White Sox in this afternoon's game against the Cleveland Guardians and, and what the what next week looks like, too. I'll get you posted on what our broadcast schedule looks like, just in case you need a reminder. We'll tweet that out on at ESPN White Sox as well. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. The Twins have signed Carlos Correa. Do the White Sox need to counter in order to keep their edge in the American League Central? If they do, who would you like to go see them sign? If they don't, tell me why. You got White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. We are talking White Sox. This is White Sox Weekly. If you miss the show, we put the podcast up on the ESPN Chicago app. So listen on your time. White White Sox Sox Weekly, ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. A swing and a towering fly, carrying deep to left, and it's going to go! A home run! Andrew Vaughn got it up in the jet stream. And the Sox lead one to nothing. Zavala's at second, nobody out, the pitch to Cespedes. Fly ball to left, towering again. This baby's going to go! Wow, he hit it over the bullpen! Homer and it's four to one. Len Casper with the call. Andrew Vaughn and Yoelki Cespedes going deep against the Cubs at Camelback Ranch on Thursday, the first day of spring training play. It was a lot of fun. I was at the game as well, saw both of those baseballs leave the yard. It was, uh, well, I mean, it's always fun to see Andrew Vaughn hit a homer, although I don't think he thought he got it. We looked at the replay on the television, and you could just, yeah, I mean, he got under a little bit. Arizona's a place with the, you know, the high sky, the thin air, the curveball doesn't curve, and the slider doesn't slide, and all that kind of stuff. Vaughn thought he got under a little bit, and you could tell he put his head down in his first two steps down the first baseline and thought, I think I flew out to left. I just missed it. But Arizona had other thoughts. It let that ball get going. And it was the first home run of spring for the White Sox. First one for Andrew Vaughn as well. They took a one nothing lead with the solo shot. Yoelki Cespedes' home run was a different story altogether. A different story altogether. Everyone says it, right? That's how that works. Cespedes got, I mean, it was kind of a one-arm swing out there. It was something a little bit off the plate, or at least a, toward the outside third. He hooked it, pushed it into the left field corner, and it just, it just kept going. I mean, there's the... Um, there's the umbrellas out there in left field. There's the, the bullpen and the concourse with the umbrellas. I, I think it might have hit one of the umbrellas either on the bounce or on the fly. 
was calling the game with Steve Stone, and, and he mentioned that it got real close to the umbrellas. I didn't see it get there. It's very bright out there. Got to wear better shades. But Stoney's seen a handful of those, and he knows what it looks like when somebody gets one. So it was nice to see uh, Yoelki Cespedes flash the power that he's supposed to have, right? I mean, we hear all this kind of um, all the kind of write ups on the on prospects, on uh, international signings, on draftees, right? All these all these kind of scouting reports. And you will almost without fail get, well, here's the one thing. This is, this is what I know this prospect or this player can do. This is why he's getting signed before other people, right? This is the skill set he has that's loudest. And for Cespedes, it, it really does seem to be that kind of pop, that kind of really loud power. Uh, plate discipline and, you know, kind of pitch recognition are the next steps. For a guy like Yoel Cespedes, or at least that's what it seems to be, kind of the same for Oscar Colas. A little bit different, though. I mean, he's an older guy, and uh, he was on the other side of the uh, other side of the field, other side of the field, other side of the city, over at Sloan Park. So I haven't seen him play yet, uh, but I'll be interested to see uh, him get into games, whether it's at Camelback Ranch or on the road, something like that. Uh, by the way, the White Sox are playing on this air on ESPN 1000, three o'clock. Lennon DJ have the call. For the White Sox and Guardians, we actually have a, a packed week of Saturday, or a packed day of Saturday programming. The hockey show comes up ten to eleven. Blackhawks making big moves. Peggy and Dion uh, with Courtney Cronin in for Dion from eleven to one. Fast break with Chris Black and Jonathan Hood, and then it's the three o'clock game for the White Sox and Guardians. That is a packed day of programming. Secure your spot at home with a White Sox ticket package. The best way to get priority access to Guaranteed Rate Field this season. For more information, call or text 312-674-1000 or visit whitesocks.com. Now, one thing that I... Uh, we'll get back to the Carlos Correa signing in just a little bit. Dan Hayes of The Athletic, who covers the Minnesota Twins, is going to join us at 9.35. We're seeing the American, Cent- American League Central get reshaped a little bit as the Twins have made a whole bunch of moves and look very, very different than they did just, I don't know, call it last week. Uh, now with Carlos Correa, Gary Sanchez, Gio Urshela, Sonny Gray all in the fold, and we're hearing news, or rather rumors, that the Oakland Athletics, who have already dealt uh, a handful of guys, Chris Bassett over to the Mets, and Matt Chapman over to the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, they've got Frankie Montas and Sean Benaya and are rumored to be listening on offers to everyone. Apparently, they're looking for players that may be able to help them in their move to Las Vegas at some point. I don't know if it's happening this next season, but that's also rumored. Uh, That's the joke from Major League, right? Some of these guys are movers. Cross him off then. Um, I do think, though, just going back to Thursday's game, there were two other, uh, three other guys I wanted to mention. Really liked watching uh, Liam Hendricks pitch, obviously. He gave up a single in the right field, but Liam, I, I thought it was pretty funny. I was there for media day on, what was it, Wednesday. And Liam, I, you've probably seen the pictures floating around. Liam was walking around media day with an infinity gauntlet. Uh, one, one of the high-priced ones, one of the nice ones, too. You know, you can get, like, the foam ones, like the Hulk hands, that kind of thing, from the Walmart or something like that. This was one of the nice ones. It had a function on it that would it would snap, right? It was this big plastic monstrosity infinity gauntlet and he could make it snap but what had happened was after he went through our little you know our espn 1000 booth and we took some pictures we did some stuff for social media and he recorded some liners for us which was awesome uh he lost at some point the blue infinity stone so for about five minutes that morning there liam hendrix 
uh, me and a couple other media people and one of the minor leaguers walking around were looking in the grass for a blue infinity stone. And I thought, well, that's that's just kind of this offseason, isn't it? With the lockout of 99 days here, everybody's happy to get back to baseball. The, the league is exploding on itself with all the free agent news. And here we are looking for an infinity stone in the grass because Liam Hendricks wanted to wear an infinity gauntlet for media day. I, I had a lot of fun with that morning. If that's your biggest worry about the White Sox heading into 2022, yep. it's going to be a good year. Good year. Should, Should be, be a good, good year. year. Now, there was a lot of debate in the morning. Uh, because Liam had, you know, Liam's a big coffee drinker in the morning. So am I. And neither of, neither he or I had had a requisite amount of wake up coffee. I think we were both only like two cups in. So neither of us could remember which stone the blue one was at the time. It's not the time stone. That's the green one. The blue one in the comics is the time stone, but we, we were pretty sure that the blue one was the space stone. It's the one Loki steals in, in Endgame. There's, it's a very old movie now, so there's no spoiler alert here. But it's, it was the space stone that he lost. I think he ended up finding it. I'll have to check in with him next time we've got him on the show. Make sure he found the rest of the thing. I kind of want to know if Liam has the rest of the Thanos costume. because Oh, he's ha- he has to. Yeah, because I bet he does. You know, With, the, with the, the shoulder pauldrons and everything like that. I, I bet he's got the whole look. I bet that's what he's got. You can entertain your group in the CIBC Fan Box. It's the only luxury suite on the main concourse. Enjoy customizable food and beverage options in 2022. For more information, call or text 312-674-1000 or visit whitesox.com. Now, two things about this, um, about the big news in baseball, about Carlos Correa signing with the Minnesota Twins. If you're just waking up, just tuning into the show. Yes, it did happen. Carlos Correa has signed with the Twins. It is a three-year deal for $105.3 million dollars opt-out clauses after the first and second years and a lot of big wigs a lot of uh a lot of well-seasoned reporters guys like buster Olney and ken rosenthal have written that the twins if they don't get out to the start that you hope to in 2022 could use guys like carlos correa or even gary sanchez or perhaps sunny gray who they've all brought in just this spring as trade pieces to reinforce and re-enrich a system that's already pretty good. I like Trevor Larnick in their minor league system quite a bit. We saw Alex Kirloff. We saw Larnick last year, too. Uh, they've got some decent young pitching. Joe Ryan's an interesting arm. I'm inter- I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to see more of, you know, just from a are you talented, how good are you sort of situation. That's the guy that the Twins got from the Rays in the Nelson Cruz trade. That's Joe Ryan, and he pitched something like 25, 26 innings last year, so just a cup of coffee. But he's probably figured to be in the top five of that rotation if they don't make other moves. Either way, um, what we're seeing here from free agency in baseball is, is we're seeing kind of that, that top-tier free agent get paid, right? Whether that's Chris Bryant getting his money from the Rockies, although not as much as the reported deal that he had on the table from the Cubs while he was there. And those extensions were being talked about. Um, but $35 million, that's the second highest average annual value of any position player in Major League history. I know you're racking your brain right now to think of who the highest paid average annual value position player is. You don't have to go very far. It is Mike Trout. He's getting paid $36 million, and they could probably give him a raise. And you'd be fine with it. Well, at least they would. Uh, it's it's still not the biggest deal in terms of guaranteed money that the Twins have ever given out. That was Joe Maurer. But remember, the Twins saved a bunch of money in moving Josh Donaldson over to the New York Yankees. Now, here's something I was thinking about 
as I was driving in to do the show this morning. Something we heard from guys like Lucas Giolito and, and a handful of other, a lot of other guys. Tim Anderson, I think, mentioned it too. I know Liam said it. The White Sox were able, I'm not saying that they did necessarily. That would be up to them to say. And nobody has used the word coast. But the White Sox were able to coast to a division title in the last, call it six weeks, of the 2021 season. They had that puppy locked up. There wasn't a whole lot of teams that were pushing them for anything. There was like a minute and a half where Cleveland was yeah, winning a couple of games and the White Sox had scuffled there in the last, you know, three weeks or something like that. And for, eh, for like a minute, it was like, oh man, you know, Cleveland's within, I don't know, seven or eight games. If they get it to six, look out, you know, something like that. That went away. And what you heard from a handful of guys is, well, you know, having to play more meaningful baseball down the stretch, having to put a team away or, or have something on the line might have benefited us going into the playoffs and playing that first-round series against the Houston Astros. You know, having that other team in the division, or, or maybe even two, to keep your edge, to make sure that the, uh, the blade is sharp going into the playoffs, might have been beneficial. I think you'll see that in 2022. I still think the White Sox, as they're comprised, as that lineup looks, um, and as it gets even healthier, as, as Joe Kelly gets into the mix too, it's still the class of the division. You know, with an MVP candidate in Luis Robert, maybe even Aloy Jimenez, Jose Abreu's taking home hardware. You could see bust-out seasons, you know, even even bigger seasons from guys like Tim Anderson and Yohan Moncada earn them a couple of votes too. I mean, you, you know what the White Sox have on board it's what's next that next piece of depth what are you able to put on the field um if one of those guys goes down if if injuries do happen if what looks to be a super compressed schedule takes a bite out of what you've planned now that stands for every squad right i mean the, the twins have to think about that the tigers have to think about that the royals have to think about that just like everybody else does but making sure that you've brought that depth in or acquired that depth in terms of trade, that's crucial. And I think that's what we're te- seeing teams do now. I think we're also uh, seeing some teams pick apart squads that aren't ready to make those kind of commitments, like the A's, um, who are spinning players off. And shoot, you know, I-, I saw rumors before I flew out of Arizona just the other day that while the Toronto Blue Jays have picked up Matt Chapman from the Oakland Athletics to go play third base, they still might be looking for more. And Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Guardians could be that guy. So that might change the division by even one more step or two. Dan Hayes covers the Minnesota Twins for The Athletic. They have signed Carlos Correa to a gigantic $35 million a year contract. It comes with options. And to let us know exactly how that contract, how Correa and how the Twins are looking at 2022. We'll talk to Dan when we come back. It's White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports. On app. The ESPN Chicago app. In HD. 100.3 HD2. And of course on AM. ESPN 1000. This is White Sox Weekly.
become a White Sox insider today for sweepstakes, special offers, the Friday Five, pre-sales, and other exciting Sox content delivered free to your inbox. For more information, call or text 312-674-1000 or visit WhiteSox.com. We woke up to news this morning that the American League Central got a lot more interesting in 2022. The White Sox won the division last year. The Twins were supposed to have been a big source of competition. They weren't, although they figure... Well, we're going to try it again this year. Carlos Correa is a new member of the Minnesota Twins. Dan Hayes covers the club for The Athletic. You can find him at Dan Hayes MLB on Twitter. He is our guest this morning. Dan, you are a very busy human and an exceptional one, too, because you've uh, cut out some time for us this morning. Thanks so much, man. How did this happen? Nobody saw this coming. Yeah, it was Trevor Story talk all week, and... You know, I think people were even skeptical on that. But the Twins freed up $25 million essentially by trading Josh Donaldson last Sunday. And by the way, uh, you know, last weekend alone was just insane for the Twins. Three trades and a little over 30 hours that really shifted the focus and, you know, freed up money. And, and I think all along we thought Trevor's story. Uh, that's the word I heard even as far back as last Sunday night within an hour of that trade for Donaldson. Um uh, but the, the, the price tag kept going up for story. And you saw the suitors jump in. Uh, you know, the rumors were that the Red Sox and the Giants were jumping in. And I think when you get in there with some of those big guys, um, you know, the leverage definitely kind of goes towards the free agent. Uh, the Twins were hoping the fact that they had a shortstop opening was going to be a big plus for, for Trevor Story because not a lot of teams have asked him to play shortstop. They want to move him to second base fit him in and his bat into the lineup somewhere else and take away the uh, the potential trouble of his elbow, which definitely cropped up last year and, and I think scared some teams off. So uh, once that happened yesterday, I, I, you could just feel a little bit of a shift. And, um, you know, I'm looking around for who the Twins might get. And honestly, the first thought jumped into my head was Elvis Andrus. You know, the, the A's are in a fire sale and and Andrus is going to make about $7 million. The, the Rangers were paying off a big chunk of his contract. So the A's are only on the hook for $7 million, But that was my initial thought. You know, Carlos Correa was nowhere on my radar. Well, I, I think, you know, Dan, that kind of plays into a lot of people's surprise, too, right? That we had seen this Twins roster get put together. It's got some decent prospect depth. And it was kind of, I don't know, from my perspective, right in between, uh, hold, tread water, see what some of these young guys look like, and maybe I next season or the one after to really push and compete. They have gone the other way completely. And still, there's just a little bit of hedging, I think we've seen, with the opt-out for Correa after this year and after next. Is it still possible that they, I don't know, retool a little bit if things don't start their way in 22? I mean, look, I I don't look at this as a three-year deal for Carlos Correa. I really look at this as a one-year, $35.1 million deal. Uh, This is great for him. It gives him flexibility to get paid a lot this year. He's the most expensive paid MLB infielder in ML or uh, infielder in MLB history uh, at one year, $35.1 million or whatever it comes out to. Um, And he can hit the market again next year when there isn't a lockout that disrupts 99 days of prime negotiating territory. When there isn't a class that, you know, Originally included Francisco Lindor, and I know he got traded and signed ahead of time. But you look at the shortstops, the the guys that were out there, uh, Seager and and Marcus Semien can play short. And You look at all the guys, this is a loaded class. And and now Correa gets a chance to go back out there next year 
uh, and be the class of uh, the class again, essentially. And um, but yeah, I, I think this is great for the Twins, and it, it leaves some room uh, that if, if it doesn't go well, that that they could trade him at the deadline and and get a haul back for him because you'd be trading a guy. You look at his, I think it's 850 or 842 career OPS in the postseason, um, somewhere around 335 at bats in the postseason. You know, he's he's got a lot of experience, and that's a guy that somebody would want. Look, the Twins at this point, this is a great move for them. They still have so much more to do. I mean, you look at that pitching staff, and they they are uh, a good starter or two away from being formidable. And I, you know, it's clear they have designs. They have been in talks or have expressed their interest with Oakland and uh, Frankie Montes, former White Sox prospect and from the Jake TV trade and former White Sox pitcher, uh, and Sean Manaya. I know, I know that that's where they'd like to go. They need to, frankly, because, look, this is not a very good starting staff. Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober, there's a lot of promise. I think the, the White Sox saw a very good version of Bailey Ober in his last turn against them. I think he faced them four or five times last year. Yeah. The last, the last time out, he really shoved against them. But the, Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober have 25 major league starts between them. They have 119 innings. So uh, there's some real, reality facing the Twins here that if they don't improve the pitching, they have a, a tough climb. But certainly this is a boost for them to add a player of Correa's caliber to the lineup. Do you get the sense that the Twins would be willing to pay in prospects what it would take to go ahead and get somebody like that? Somebody like Manaya, somebody like Bontas? Is that an Austin Martin? Is that Kirilov? Is that Larnick? Or are those, you know, maybe prospects, plural, toward the middle of that top 20 in the Twins system? I, I do now. If you'd asked me on November 10th, whenever the GM meetings ended, I would have said no way. And, and I think that the primary reason for that is they were able to sign Byron Buxton to a contract extension. Um, you think about last summer where the Twins were. Yeah, they were supposed to contend. It was a very disappointing season. They traded Jose Barrios because they knew they weren't going to extend him. You know, Some of their previous interactions with him early in his career, um, he basically said, I'm going to free agency, and you can try and get me there. And, and he, he clearly upset them. Or I'm sorry, they, they clearly upset him with their early dealings on the extension. And I think it caught up to him because – Barrios jumped at that offer from Toronto before the season was out, and, and it was a, or maybe it was right in the postseason. Um, but no, Barrios took six years and twenty on top of the eleven million he's getting this year, and and the Twins were looking like they were going to start a mini rebuild. Buxton said that he wanted to stay, but the two sides couldn't come to terms on that deal in July. Uh, if Buxton hadn't been hurt at the deadline in July. There's a good chance he would have been traded. And coming out of the GM meetings, the Twins, you know, talking to a lot of people, there was about a 10% chance that they were going to sign Buxton. And Buxton really insisted he wanted to stay. And I know Dad Levine, their general manager, really worked tirelessly. Uh, their Twins owner, Jim Pollard, wanted to keep Buxton around. They, they kept working at it. And December 1, they got a deal that I think nobody saw coming. That shifted their priorities to win this season. And honestly, uh, I just didn't see any of this coming because there's so much still to do and there was so much ground and Josh Donaldson's contract was sort of a roadblock. It's, it's been a very, very uh, fast change these last nine days since the lockout ended uh, between Correa and the three trades. And, and frankly, there's probably two or three more moves that still need to happen. 
So, Dan, I, I guess that's I, that's where we got to end it here. I, the question I've been asking White Sox fans is, do the Sox need to make a move to counter the Twins? From your side of the coverage, do the Sox need to make a move to counter the Twins? I, I think that the Sox, um, if they expect the Twins to make another move, which, honestly, they should. I, I really do think the Twins will trade in Austin Martin at this point, uh, yeah. if they had to. Um, if the Sox want to, to counter that... Yeah, or, or preemptively make the strike because I, I I don't see why the Twins would have done this and what they've done without planning to go further. Um, but you're talking about a, an excellent team with the White Sox, but the Twins are playing catch-up here. Two years ago, it was the other way around where the Sox were getting all their young guys to the majors and trying to catch the Twins. Well, now it's the, the shoe's on the other foot. The Sox have an unbelievable lineup. They, they have a really good front of the rotation. Um, there's a, there's a lot to like there, and that bullpen is unreal. And, you know, the the Twins are going to have to blast opponents out of the water to uh, at this point with the way that their bullpen is made up. Because Taylor Rogers is very good, but he's coming off a finger injury. Tyler Duffy had a middling season for for his talent last year, and um, you know they they need more in that bullpen than they have right now. And um, so I, I think the Sox are still pretty far ahead the twins are playing catch-up it's just that the uh, additional playoff spot gives the twins reason for hope to, to sneak into that postseason dan you're the man we're gonna have to wait until uh, i think it's july to see the minnesota twins come to chicago but we will see you then all right hey thanks for having me on Connor. dan hayes of the athletic he covers the minnesota twins he is one heck of a guy and yeah that first matchup against the minnesota twins at least here at guaranteed rate field July 4th, 5th, and 6th in the 2022 season. The White Sox are on the road to face the Twins. Uh, let's see, that's April 22, 23, and 24. You know, the schedule got all kinds of messed up on account of the lockout. But, you know, here's one more issue. Uh, and I would ask Dan about it, but he's got to get back to work. He's got more trades to break, I think, uh, for the Minnesota Twins over the next couple of days. Joe Kelly and Carlos Correa, you know, new White Sox reliever Joe Kelly and Carlos Correa, former Astro, uh, they've got bad blood. They, they don't really like each other all that much. Maybe I'll tee out the link to exactly what happened there, but I, I think you've seen it, right? It's an empty ballpark. The Dodgers, Joe Kelly, and the Astros, Carlos Correa, playing each other. Kelly couldn't find command of the strike zone. 3-0 count, buzzed the tower. Correa got very upset. Kelly gave him the whiny face, the oh, boo, you know, this one, that whole thing. There was a suspension because, yeah, you get suspended for things like that. Uh, but Joe Kelly's not afraid. And it'll be really interesting to see the way he talks about um, and to the rest of the White Sox about what Carlos Correa is bringing to the Minnesota Twins. Uh, one more note here just as um, before we go to break. Dan mentioned, I asked him whether the Twins, you know, were making that next move if they're in on some of the arms that we've seen them reported or are just kind of kicking the tires on guys like Sean Manaya, Frankie Montas of the A's. Maybe others could be some more moving. The Reds apparently still have arms to give up, although it seems like they're less likely to give up Luis Castillo now uh, than we'd read, I don't know, three days ago, something like that. You know, just chasing rumors. Austin Martin was the uh, fifth overall pick by the Blue Jays in the 2020 draft. He was a part of the return for Jose Barrios in that deal last year, he's out of Vanderbilt, center fielder, shortstop. There are some questions as to exactly where he fits defensively. Super good athlete, but um, you know, just exactly how good he can be fundamentally, I guess, are, are kind of some questions. Still, 
he's up the middle kind of athlete with a hit tool that that works and with some pop that really uh, really shows. He's the number one prospect in the Minnesota Twins organization uh, and highly thought of by many. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. The White Sox may have to make a move to counter the Minnesota Twins. And as you heard Dan say, the Twins might not be done. So that counters not just because they signed Carlos Correa, but because all of a sudden the Twins have realigned their philosophy to maybe push for 2022. One of the ways the White Sox could get better involves a trade. You hear from the guy whose name has been on the block since the White Sox acquired him at the deadline last year, Craig Kimbrell. You'll more from that when we come back on White Sox Weekly. It's ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Welcome to White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. group to a White Sox game and receive specially priced tickets along with a great experience. We have private spaces for corporate outings, family get-togethers, and more. For more information, visit whitesox.com slash groups. I'm Connor McKnight. This is White Sox Weekly. Baseball news is just its all over. Fast and furious is what it is. We're going to play a game before we get out of here. Uh, you're going to have to... It's on the honest... Uh, what it was the... Uh, you're going to have to play it honestly. We're going to play... Um, we're going to play Did You Think This Guy Was Going There. It's we're, it's a working title for the game. I'm not real thrilled with it. I like it. the it's, premise. I like the premise. Thank you. Okay, I appreciate it. We're still working on a name. Did You Think This Guy Would Go There doesn't really... It, it's not snappy. It's not going to sell. It's certainly not going to take down Bruce and David over there. But we got to fight them is the thing. Problem is... Uh, that's the name of the game, and that's what we're going to play. And we're going to be, we're going to have to play it on the uh, the honesty level. You're going to have to just be square with me. You're just going to have to be straight about it. Before we do that, Craig Kimbrell spoke with reporters just the other day down at Camelback Ranch. It was the first time he'd spoken since the lockout ended. Um, obviously, his name has been in trade conversations because the White Sox have talked pretty openly about it. And I, for one, it is it is difficult to do, but I, I commend the openness. Of um, of the approach by both Kimbrel and Rickon and the White Sox org and you know everybody kind of in the ears. This is it was an awkward fit last year. It probably shouldn't have been as awkward as it was, but that's what happened. Right now, Kimbrel figures to be part of what may well be the best bullpen in the American League, maybe the best bullpen in all of baseball. It's up there. You know, guys click, guys stay healthy, guys work the way their career norms have. That is a very, very tough, tough bullpen to face. Kimbrell, though, was asked a couple of questions about his spot on the squad and exactly whether they've talked trade with him. You'll hear some questions by reporters. I think Jesse Rogers has a couple in here. Um, I want to say Lamont Pope asked one as well, and you know, you're always going to hear from James Fegan and Scott Merkin. So here is just a little snippet of Craig Kimbrell's interview with the White Sox beat core just a few days ago. Craig, kind of an obvious question. Are, are, are you surprised you haven't been traded? Do you think you will be traded? What, what your, what's your take on all this? Because we know that you've been used to the ninth inning. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we had discussions towards the end of last year, and it kind of looked like that's where it might have been going. Um, but, but here we are for multiple reasons. And I'm here to, to get ready for the season and do whatever I need to do. I mean, if it's 
close out a game, I'll close out a game. If it's coming, getting a starter out of the jam, I'll do that as well. I mean, I'm, I'm here to, to win ball games. And like I said, this team is, is really good. So it'd be nice to, to be a part of it and uh, you know, to do my part to help the team win. Rick said he talked with you and your, your agent kind of extensively about like what would be the best fit for you, um, whether it be closing somewhere else or being here. Do you feel like it could be here, could be the best fit for you? Well, I think the best fit's always to, to win ball games. I mean, that's all I want, is win. And uh, wherever that is, wherever they decide I need to be, that's where I'm going to be doing it. When you look back at the trade and, and moving to, you know, a new club, new role, do you feel like that transition was tougher than you expected? Well, it definitely didn't turn out like we all planned. I mean, it would have been perfect if I would have come over and not given up any runs. I mean, that was, you know, that would have been the best case scenario, but it didn't happen. Um, you know, I can learn learn from what I went through last year. And like I said, um, if I'm asked to, to do whatever, I'll be ready for whatever. And then I, I just need to need to know what I have to be ready for, and I'll try to be my best at that. All I can do. Was, was that Tony's message too? Just be ready for whatever we ask of you. Kind no, of? I think at this point um, we're just getting ready, getting our bodies okay. ready, worrying about um, making sure we can get it over the plate. And I think as, as soon as we get closer to the season and uh, everything gets lined out, I think that's when we'll have those kind of discussions. That's Craig Kimbrell and the uh, White Sox beat reporter core talking about the fit, the the future, and some of the conversations that White Sox front office members, coaching staff has had with Kimbrell. Listen, I, it, it can work with Kimbrell in the bullpen. I've been saying this for a while. I was on with uh, Carmen Yurko yesterday talking about the same. Um, we listened to that clip together and just kind of mentioned, this is, this is a bullpen that can certainly work with Craig Kimbrell in it. I've said it on post-game shows and White Sox weeklies since the season ended and, and really as the White Sox were walking up to the playoffs too. I'm personally speaking, you asked Connor about, you know, bullpen philosophy, that kind of thing. I'm going to tell you I like to be versatile. Um, I like to be multiple. I, I don't like to be um, crowded into roles necessarily. Now, a lot of smart baseball people would say, well, you can't necessarily work it like that. Guys got to know when they're pitching or at least the kind of roles and structure they're going to have. I hear you. I absolutely hear you. But being able to bring Liam Hendricks out of the bullpen in a jam-packed situation in the seventh where the twins are breathing down your neck and Correa strides up to the batter's box because you know he's on that team now. Being able to go to Liam Hendricks in a situation like that where he might need the last out of that inning, maybe all three of the seventh, and then having Craig Kimberly lock down a save for you in the ninth, that's cool to me. I like that kind of stuff. And then Liam can go back and close the next game or, or however you want to make it work. That's awesome. I wouldn't mind seeing that in 2022, and perhaps the White Sox are leaning that way, but you know the way it's structured right now, Tony La Russa has mentioned that uh, Liam's that closer. He's that guy to lock things down. Liam brought the infinity gauntlet to media day, for God's sake. So you figure that's going to be the guy who snaps his fingers at the end of the game and makes people disappear. All right, let's play the game. Still looking for a snappy name to this one. Did you think this guy would sign there isn't exactly the snappy radio game that I want to play? Uh, but play, be honest. Be honest with yourself. And if you're driving, don't raise your hand. Keep them both on the wheel. Ten and two, I think, is still how they teach it. Or, or maybe not. I don't know. It's been a long time. I'm just going to take the top 10, 11, 12 free agents, something like that. I'm going off of MLB Trade Rumors list. If you thought Carlos Correa was going to sign with the Twins, raise your hand. No one? Great. Let's move on to the second best. If you thought Corey Seager was going to sign with the Rangers, raise your hand. 
All right, maybe a couple of you. Maybe, maybe a couple of you, not many. Freddie Freeman, if you thought he would lead the Braves, raise your hand. If you thought Chris Bryant was going to the Rockies, did anybody see Kevin Gossman going to the Blue Jays and replacing Robbie Ray? Not so much. Marcus Semien signing with the Rangers right after Corey Seager had signed. Robbie Ray, like we just mentioned, heading the Mariners for five years and $115 million. Trevor Story is still out there. He's the guy that features in the rumors right now. I mean, more than anybody else, Trevor Story's name is there. And whether that's, you know, a potential fit for the Yankees or, or whether the Phillies want to get down on that and add more. I, this is, it's, it's been a wild ride for Trevor Story. Max Scherzer going to the Mets. Nick Castellanos just signed with the Phillies. Marcus Stroman signed with the Cubs. Javi Baez signed with the Tigers. You got to go almost all the way down to Starling Marte at number 13 on MLB Trade Rumors list. For a guy that signed in a place where you thought he might sign. Four years and $78 million. All that to say, while the lockout wasn't fun, and it was 99 days too long, baseball's free agency period has been a wild one. The White Sox have been in on it and have added some big names in Kendall Graveman and Joe Kelly. They may add more. There are certainly names out there to go get, and there are trades to be had. New this season, Sweet Flex Packs, the perfect combination of luxury and flexibility with four packs to choose from. You can completely customize your season in a diamond suite. For more information, call or text 312-674-1000 or visit whitesocks.com. Big thanks to Tyler Aki, our producer, Dan Hayes, who covers the Twins for the Athletic, the Hockey Show. Boy, the Blackhawks have been busy lately. Pat and Brian are up next. It's ESPN 1000.